Hello, and welcome to Knowledge Transfer, the podcast where we turn you on to new ideas, theories, and content to stimulate your intellect and foster self-improvement. For the past 14 years of my life, I've been involved in the world of rowing, first as an athlete and then as a coach. Over those years, I've met many amazing people who have taught and inspired me. Today, we are joined by one of my coaching mentors, Stani Slavova. She is here to share her experience as a coach in the competitive world of rowing and help me delve into the topic of what makes a successful athlete. So, Stani, welcome and thanks for coming on. Thank you, James. I'm really happy to be here. So we've known each other for a few years now, you know, and I think I've, you know, I've gotten just so much rowing knowledge out of you. You've been a big inspiration to me, and it's, it's really exciting for me to to get you on the podcast and give you the opportunity to share a little bit of your story and um, your passion, and you know, and help us uh, kind of delve into this question of what makes a successful athlete. So I'm I'm very excited. Why don't we start off with a little explanation of maybe what first got you into rowing? You know, what what excited you about the sport? How did you start your lifelong passion of rowing? Well, it's uh, it's kind of a funny story, if I have to be honest. I wasn't sure I really wanted to do rowing the very first time I got into rowing. Uh, but then um, it was presented as a challenge to me in a way. That's what really got me into it. I guess in some way, I'm always a little bit curious by nature. So the curiosity of, can I really do rowing? How well I can do it? And the challenge of doing it really, really well is what got me into rowing. And I must say, the fact that I got successful really quickly with rowing, and I met amazing people who were still my friends, I think that's what kept me going for a long period of time. I mean, pretty much all my life. Oh, yeah. No, I think that rowing is one of those great sports where you know, you do feel very challenged. And on top of that, you have this added benefit of just meeting, meeting these other amazing people. You know, it, it really is easy to turn it into a lifelong passion. Is there kind of a definitive moment where you first got introduced to it or, or was it kind of something that you ended up trying and then finding that you loved after being there for a little while? Um, as I said, like I didn't, I didn't really love that for, at the beginning. Um, I, I wasn't even sure I wanted to do it. I guess one of the things which comes back to me is that at the time I was, um, I was kind of like tallish or tall girl, and it was really cool to have so many tall people around me. I'm not standing above anybody because we are all the same size. So that was a really good thing, which made me really comfortable. But I didn't feel I belonged to that community right at the beginning. It took a while. Um, I wasn't sure I wanted to do it for a while because I really thought I'm very academically gifted. <laughs> I didn't see myself as an athlete at the beginning. What got me into it is that I actually made an effort to become a little bit of an athlete and I tested the success. So then, of course, you know, okay, if I'm smart enough, how far the human body can go. So I was keep testing that part. And I think the defining moment in every rower is understanding or going into that amazing bubble where is human water and about and everything moves in full synchronization and perfect union 
I think it's nothing else you can compare it in life. And that's what makes most of the people addicted. Absolutely. I can completely identify with that. I think for me, you know, I can distinctly recall all those moments where, you know, you're in that boat and everything just seems to click and come together and, and flow so smoothly. It's, it's an amazing feeling and it's, yeah, something that every rower is always chasing to replicate. So, you know, obviously now you've gotten into coaching and you've been coaching for a while. How was that switch over going from athlete to coach? You know, what was it a conscious decision to further your passion of rowing through coaching and sharing that with other people? Or was it something you kind of fell into? Um, it was a conscious decision, which was a surprising decision. Um, I always felt like I'll be into a law and I'll be a lawyer one day when I was younger. And just around grade 11, I had this vision and generally what really made me go into coaching and pursue like physical education as a degree at university versus, you know, anything else connected with law and then go into masters, which is connected with sport medicine or uh, physiotherapy or acupunctures and things like that. There were, there were couple of defining moments. As an athlete, I always admire the great speed a boat can have and what is the human capacity, how, how athletic you can be, how you can be defined in what you do and where is the limit. That's one of the things which really got me to think, oh, maybe I can, I can go into a coaching and hopefully one day I'll be such a good coach that I'll find a way to have my athletes excel above and beyond the expectations of everybody else. Not because they'll be a, su a superhuman, but because I'll be one of those people who know where the human capacity is or how fast you can move the boat and where the technical excellence meet the mental toughness. And again, you know, I feel like it's, it's easy for me to identify with everything you're saying because I've lived this experience too. And I think you're you're absolutely right when you say that that drive to constantly search for the limit and to push yourself to, to that that moment is is and it's an exciting endeavor a lot of people talk about it's not so much about getting to your destination but that that journey and that journey for perfection is definitely a uh, an addictive and very um, compelling one so uh, next I want to ask you a little bit about what the coaching life has been like for you pursuing coaching you know how has that really affected you and and you know what what experiences have you been able to have from it well i started coaching back in my home country in europe when i was maybe quite young and i was still i was just like helping around the club and helping with the national team a little bit and we are doing what we can but my coaching really started taking off in australia and there are a couple of things. One, probably I had great examples and I was fortunate enough to meet really, really good coaches. Like they're still one of the top coaches around the world. And I was curious to learn from them and what makes them a good coach. So that was one thing. I had a great opportunity to um, be surrounded of people who've done coaching really, really well. 
the transition probably from athletic or from a rower to a coach uh, that probably didn't uh, that didn't come straight away. It didn't come with, oh, I graduated from university and now I've got a coaching degree as well. And I've got all of this knowledge about physiology, anatomy, biomechanics, biochemistry, and all the rest of it. And as a young coach, I had like a quite good success. I was part of very successful programs. So by the age of 28, 20, uh, 30, like I, I was... I had like a great, great athletes and they're able to win, you know, national championships, go into the national team, go represent Australia at world championships and Olympic games. So the transition and understanding of what kind of coach I want to be and what kind of coaching philosophy, it wasn't a smooth and it wasn't straight away obvious to me. It took, it took a while and it keeps changing and I'm, I'm keep searching for um, what kind of coach I want to be because it's different to be a successful athlete and it's different to be a successful coach and defining your philosophy as an athlete and defining your or defining your goals as an athlete and defining your philosophy as a coach eventually will give you the ability to be more successful as a coach. I don't know if that makes any difference, but I guess it's a little bit like a student-teacher relationship, but in a different level. It's not. It's not that straightforward. Yeah, and I think I think that you also make an important point, which is that desire to to hone and further your craft it doesn't really change from going between athlete and coach. It's still very much there. So you talked a little bit about the experience you had being with other coaches and learning from them. And I, you know, I think that's a great transition for into the rowing community because, for, you know, my experience in rowing was largely colored by the community. All the great, as you mentioned earlier, it's this great opportunity to meet amazing, passionate people. And I wanted to get a little bit of of your experience in the rowing community. What what would you say if you were to define the rowing community to someone who's who's never really experienced it, what, what would you, what would you uh, characterize it as? I think it's a small community. And like, if you look at the whole world, like we are, we are small, we are kind of the smaller size, but it's a tight community. It's very supportive community. It's, it's full of trust. I would say long last friendships. I, I should not really say my experience in the rowing community has been smooth the whole time. I had quite a bit of stressful time in my second year after I arrived in the U.S., but for majority of that, I've got a great experience and lifelong friendships developed through the rowing community. And even if you have like a little bit of tough time, you always have like very good friends who've been tested through the time for over 20 years, and you can always lean on the good side of the rowing community. We are a pretty supportive bunch very very close in a way and i think rowing makes us being that way because everybody who experienced rowing it's not just about being athlete and being fit or technically sound it's also about ability to develop human qualities which are tested on a daily basis or tested when you go to competition it's about trust it's about belief in yourself it's about support of each other it's about 
I talk a lot to my kids these days about support each other and, and trust each other because it's the only way you can you can reach your goals when you sit in one boat. No, and I, and I think you're right. What makes rowing such an interesting sport is the dedication and hard work and teamwork that is so necessary for success. And if you gather a group of people who kind of embody those and really take those characters to, to heart and that develops into a great community of people who are very community oriented. They're very trusting. They're, they're very, they want to support each other and help each other and be like a bigger team. So yeah, I think that, you know, every team has its uh, good parts and bad parts, but I think generally the, the community is, is pretty amazing. Like you say. So now I want to kind of transition a little bit into talking about the the coaching experience and we'll get into a little bit about your philosophy but what does the typical day of a coach of a rowing coach look like um a typical day i i guess you know um i do like to get up in the morning and go for uh for my little rounds i'm not a fast runner or anything but um something like 20 30 minutes really gets me going Generally, it's a lot of organization. It's a lot of maintenance of equipment. It's a lot of planning. It's a lot of scheduling. I do like spending quite a bit of time in the boathouse just to go around and rig boats or clean up or label this, label that. <laughs> so, yeah, I like maintaining the equipment. I, I strongly believe, you know, if, um, if you like your kids to enjoy or your athletes to enjoy, what they do, it's important that they, they come into a clean house, clean boat house, and everything they need, it's where they can find it easily and it's accessible. They sit in a boat and they feel comfortable because you spend the time to set it up for them. There are quite a few meetings with planning and there are, of course, parents' meetings and on-water coaching or off-water coaching, which is probably the best time of the day for me. I feel like I've transformed into a different person. And as soon as we push off the dogs, the whole world is behind it. And we are into our little, on the little stretch of water where nothing else exists. And it's just wonderful. That's the best part of my day. <laughs> yeah, it's the big payoff. Because it sounds like you put in a lot of work outside, you know, and I think that's very easy for athletes to kind of not understand or not see that part of the whole experience and that, that there is so much work that goes into maintaining the boats and organizing the regattas and the practices and, and all that kind of stuff that, you know, it's unseen and it, but it's essential. Like you said, the big payoff of getting out on the water and, and being able to leave the rest of your worries behind you on the dock and really just live in that moment is, is really unbelievable, unbelievably nice. I guess it's like any other business, you know, a lot of planning, a lot of organization, a lot of uh, work and hours, uh, but we do have an element which is completely enjoyable and we can we can have that element every single day. So that seems to be the thing that you enjoy most about rowing. Would you say, would you say that's fair, that the, the actual coaching experience is, is really what makes it all worth it? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, the, the, the actual... The actual training. I, I have to, I have to admit, like most of the time, I know there, there are moments where, you know, I, my athletes were really, really successful and put records here and there, but 
I don't have really that much of a memory of those races, but my biggest memory is the, the moments I enjoy with them in the water when, when we're in the process of making things happen. You're absolutely right that it's, it's not, you spend so much time working to build up to that race day that it might not necessarily be the race day that means that it's, you know, it's those days where, you know, something clicks and the boat starts running well in practice, you know, and you get to show that off in the race, but it's really the practice moments where those things happen. And, and that's really where that, that enjoyment is, is most felt. And then finally, before we segue into talking about what makes that successful athlete, maybe, you know, how those athletes get to that aha moment, what is, um, what do you hope for the, for the future of your coaching career? Is there any big things you're kind of shooting for or any interest you're, you're kind of pursuing on top of what you're doing? Uh, I hope I can enjoy my coaching and have the moments with the athletes for as long as I can. It really depends on my outlet, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just want to do it well. I just want to do. I, I, I feel like there is, um, in a way, there is a responsibility I've taken, uh, which is not in any job description or not in any job contract you'll get as a coach. But I feel like I do have this responsibility to the athletes I coach that if I need to do anything or everything I can to help them to the be the best version of themselves, I hope I can do that for a long period of time as long as one of them turns around and says that I made a 1% difference in their life. Like, this is pretty good. Absolutely. I think that as a former coach myself, you know, and someone who continues to hope to, you know, work with athletes, it's, there is nothing better than knowing that you, you were able to positively influence the life of, of an athlete or a student. So now I want to get into something that I think you're well suited to talk about. What makes a successful athlete? As coaches, there's something, there's some athletes we love to coach and some that are a challenge. Sometimes we know when an athlete will be successful and sometimes when we know when an athlete will have trouble. I want to break down the characteristics and habits of successful athletes and hopefully pull some advice for those listening on how they can set themselves up for success in both the athletic world and beyond. So when you're starting up a new coaching program or you're working with a, a fresh team at the beginning of the year, what are you looking for in those new athletes? I mean, it all depends. Like, is the goal to build the team or is it the goal to build the individual athlete? But generally... Every group of people, before they become a team, they do have at least one or two people who are pretty confident and have like self-belief. And I usually look to identify what are the qualities I can build upon. What is the human qualities? I, I look to understand them, like what they have, what makes them tick, what, why, they, why are they coming to be part of a rowing team? Why they're not to lacrosse or, or hockey and do they really understand what they're signing up for? So I guess, you know, that's the initial reaction is get to understand them a little bit better. And I have to say, like, kids these days, they're pretty smart. Um, I, I really believe, you know, most of the kids or most of the athletes I coach, they're, they're a lot smarter than I am. It's just happened that I do know a little bit more about rowing than they do at this point of the time. 
So you're saying that you really key in on what motivates the athlete and kind of what they're looking to do, what their strengths are, and then you play off those things. So to me, that sounds like the important element to an athlete when when you're first looking at them is really that they are passionate about something, that they are motivated in some way, and that they they have skills that they're willing to then apply to this sport and and make something better of themselves as as a rower. Um, yeah, I guess that's pretty much it. It's like analyzing and understanding. But would you say that there's any one characteristic you're really looking for? Are you looking for someone who's, you know, motivated or smart or inquisitive? Is there any distinct thing that that really makes the difference or you're really looking for right at the beginning? Right at the beginning, it's probably for them to have enough curiosity to, to and willing to do it. That's pretty much it. Like if I have this... 12 or 14 year old kid walking through the door i would be looking for a curious kid who is willing to do it and of course you know the rest of it comes along because rowing it's kind of the sport which requires discipline it does require commitment um if you want to do well in rowing actually the sport itself builds so many qualities in you that by the time the sport is done with you you actually realize how how much it changed you as a as a human being, and for better, not for worse, apart of, you know, physical fitness and all the rest of the stuff. So you're saying curiosity is simply the first step on that road, and from that, so many other traits just are necessary and therefore get built up and, and become strong. Yes. Yeah, I think that you're absolutely right there. And and what traits would you say predict an athlete's success? So obviously curiosity is a prerequisite, but you know, as you get more further along in the season and you're starting to, to boat athletes and get closer to your races, what at that point, what are you looking for? What traits really kind of stand out as, as being the markers of good success? Well, I mean, you, you have to be, um, um, you know, if you really want to be a good rower and you really want to be into those races um, and stand up at the World Championships or the Olympic Games and sit on the, sit on the finals and race bow bow to bow bow, I think one you have to be quite athletic and fit and all the rest of the stuff. Uh, that's that's a requirement for any athlete to be even a call a lot, call themselves an athlete, but. The mental toughness, the mental capacity, it's very important. It's important to have the technical ability. I do believe you do need to have a little bit of talent or some kind of outstanding talent. You need to have the self-belief. You do need to have attention to detail. Making one single stroke, it's actually quite important. And you do need to have a good engagement and understanding of what will make you successful. I also think like when it gets to a really tough part of the racing and when you're in the peak of a race where everybody experienced that next level of the mental ability to sustain the physical demand uh, the sport requires and to push the to push further. So I think capacity to be able to step up when it's required, it's definitely a plus. 
I probably missed something, but... Uh, it sounds like you got them all to me. That should sum it up. Let's keep it simple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I think it's you know it's very interesting to hear because I, I think you're absolutely right. The, there is this kind of mix of different traits and and you know and, and it's not just the ability to perform in a race, but it's also the ability to work hard during practice. It's you know that little bit of talent, that little bit of, of attention to detail, that ability to push through and and work hard um all of these are necessary and, and you just can't have just a little bit of one or or all of all of one area you need to have that full gambit so you ha- athletes aren't at the boathouse the whole day uh you know they have other th- lives and you most of the time they're working on their academics you know if you were sitting in front of your athletes and and, and you were talking to them about how they spend their time out of practice, what would you tell them to work on the most? What, what things outside of practice can they do to set themselves up for uh, success in, in the boathouse? Well, I think it's very important that when you are at the beginning of your life and you're at school or college and uh, you're involved in any kind of sport, I think it's very important that um, you do set the time to get smarter and more clever and understand what is your mental capacity to learn. Getting involved in rowing and tackle academics and tackle demands of the sport and demands of the college and being able to go through exams and all the rest of it. It's it's kind of the perfect world for most. I think it should be the perfect world for every young individual because it does provide a very healthy balance in your life. You don't want to be in rowing 150% through your whole day when you are still at school or university or trying to pursue a degree and trying to discover what you want to be or what you want to do for the rest of your life. Um and yet, you know, I usually I usually say to the to my athletes, um, it's very important that you get tired, your your brain get tired from learning. So you get over here and um we detoxify through the sweat, <laughs> that tiredness. Um and you refresh yourself. So I think it's that's what I'm trying to promote, really, a balance if they can achieve a balance. It's so hard these days. They have so many things to do. No, I think that's you know, awesome to hear that rowing isn't just about improving yourself in the area of rowing, but also knowing how to manage yourself with all the other things that go on in your life and finding that balance. Because I think you're absolutely right. You can't just build good habits in one area of your life. And if you want to be successful in the boathouse, you need to build good habits outside the boathouse and have a control over your your studies as well as your your athletics. So the last thing I wanted to ask you is you've worked with a lot of really successful athletes and you know we talked a little bit about what traits predict success. What do you think defines the athletes that have been successful? There's you know there's these things that that are required to be successful but what, what do you think, the ones that are successful, what do you think they have that, you know, most athletes don't, that, that gives them that extra boost to, to win, the, win the races? Well, I mean, they probably have the same thing which the, the athletes next crew have, 
it's just like the the one who wins probably discovered them first. So are you saying that, you know, it's the in being in a race and or excuse me, being in a practice and learning how to really have the boat come together as as a unit, as a single thing and be able to find that flow. It's it's the earlier in the season you're able to find that the the more success you'll have when it comes to race day. Yes, I think understanding um, when the athletes understand, like they're athletes who understand better than the others. And it's understanding of the sport. It's understanding of the team dynamics. It's an, um, it's understanding of what, what your goals are. It's understanding of the process. It's also the ability to take an ownership on the performance. I virtually find my coaching gets to a different level when my athletes take ownership of their performance. And it's not just over one period of time, but, you know, you're working in terms of long-term goals, not just a specific project for a specific competition. I also think, you know, training builds a really good confidence. And for any athletes to be successful, they need to have this robust confidence that they are going to deliver the outcome because they've gone through the process and they really understand what they what they can do and what they can't do. I also think it's important for them to to have the ability or develop the ability to think under pressure or perform under pressure because every competition it's a pressure. I mean, if you look at the Olympic Games, they come like once every four years. So you think about it a little bit. It's a lot of pressure sitting on that start line. Yeah, no, and that last one especially really resonated with me. You know, in my own coaching theory, I think, you know, I, I think a lot about the competitive mindset and how essential that is to performing well and being able to be under pressure and, and still, you know, be confident in your ability to to be consistent and be confident in what you're doing it's it really to me sets apart boats that do well versus boats that can maybe hang with the the top boats but really don't have that 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 in those do or die moments maybe they're they're going to waver a little bit and that might be the difference between being successful and not well it's been Really a pleasure having you on the cast with us here today, Stani. I want to thank you for for taking the time and and talking with us. Thank you, James. Thank you to everyone who is listening. So, as always, you can find new episodes of Knowledge Transfer on SoundCloud or on Google Play. Please like, comment, share, and subscribe, and we'll continue to provide you with stimulating content and bring on interesting guests just like Stani. And that about wraps it up for another episode of Knowledge Transfer. Thanks again for joining us. Until next time, peace.